it's time for Radio Church on 4CRM, presented this week by Pastor Jeff Grant from the Uniting Church in Serena. Thank you, Riley. Jeff has chosen Shine Jesus Shine by Graham Kendrick to kick off this week's Radio Church.
pastor of the Serena Uniting Church. This is Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay 107.5 FM. I am so glad to be here with you, and I pray you'll be blessed as you join in the music and the message. I'd like to begin with a word of prayer, the prayer of adoration. We praise you, our Father, for all you are and all you've done for us. We are here, Lord, simply to worship you and enjoy your presence. May your Holy Spirit open our hearts and our minds to your word and to some songs of praise. And Lord, give us new insight and power in our relationship with you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Dear ones, the Holy Bible says, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God, being put to death in the body, but being made alive by the Spirit. Now let's begin by hearing from Jeff Bullock, Lost Without Your Love, one of my favourites.
listening to Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay 107.5 FM. I'm Jeff Grant, and today's message I've called Conditions for Christian Discipleship. Beloved, I'm continuing what is really becoming a series on spiritual discipleship. Uh, it's based on outlines uh, in the book of the same name by uh, J. Oswald Sanders. Today, this message I've entitled, as I've mentioned, Conditions for Christian Discipleship. And I'm going to read for you Luke chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. Large crowds were travelling with Jesus, and turning to them he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. When he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000. If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciple. The crowds, the nation, the would-be disciples, they were all around Jesus. His large crowds were travelling with him. And turning to them, he gave this message. The crowds, uh, they wanted to see miracles. They wanted to see him turn um, a few fish and loaves into a vast amount of food. They wanted to see him uh, heal people, cast out demons. Uh, they were excited by Jesus for what he could do for them. And the nation of Israel, of which they were all part, they wanted Jesus to be their king, to kick out the Romans and to give them a good life. Every man under his own tree, with his own uh, olive vine and so forth, and fig tree. And he, they wanted him to provide them with prosperity. And there were would-be disciples also gathered round him, as well as the apostles, the twelve, the original ones he called, there were others who were also following along, just listening to the things that Jesus said. I have to say that much of so-called biblical or what's called gospel preaching these days focuses on the benefits of being a Christian. Answers to prayer, um, being healed from sickness, um, having a good job, uh, good-looking wife, <laughs> obedient children. Um, these are all promised. Um, and, of course, lots of prosperity. Many sermons today and church services focus on these things. But Jesus did the opposite. When he preached, he talked about the difficulties of following God and serving God. Today's sermons also have no place for repentance. But saving faith, I have to say, is inseparable from repentance and from personal submission and from a virtually a divine eagerness to obey God. It, it has to be said that superficial believers will fall away quickly when confronted with hurt and suffering because the cross of Christ is always at the very centre of real faith. Now Jesus spoke often about the cost, so much so that at one stage, as mentioned this in John chapter 6, many of his followers just packed up and left. They'd had enough. And in this passage from Luke, chapter 14, Jesus speaks about the cost. And he speaks about three significant indications of what it means to believe in him and to have complete faith in him. Firstly, an unrivaled love. Verse 26 says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. If anyone comes to me, wants to follow me, it'll cost them, Jesus says. They will need to rethink their relationship priorities. 
And dear ones, the word hate here literally means to love less. So that our love for Christ goes far beyond our earthly loves, including, as he puts it, even their own life, for love for self. Love for self is almost the greatest hindrance of loving Jesus in an unrivaled love. And Jesus gives an inkling of his own relationship with the Father. He said in lots of places, especially in the book of John, the Gospel of John, he said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And on several occasions he said things like, I always do what the Father says to, sends me to do. I only speak the words the Father gives me. He loved the Father far more than his own earthly mother or brothers or sisters. They wanted him to come home and stop this nonsense of preaching everywhere. Now he had a job to do. And he set about doing what his Father asked him to do because he loved the Father with an unrivaled love. And beloved, I have to say, this is a very hard saying. And many of you listening will find it virtually impossible to consider it. To love God, who we can't see, far above our earthly loved ones that we can see and, and that we enjoy and we live with. So you see, this is all about the affections of our heart. What's the priority of the affections of our heart? And the sad fact is, quite often it's our loved ones that stand in the way of our serving God and growing in Christ. For instance, how many parents have expressed dismay or worse, opposition when a son or daughter gives up a promising career to serve Christ? Uh, and that can mean sometimes they're going to go far away. And what about the grandchildren? I remember reading a missionary biography many years ago uh, as a young disciple. It was written by Isabel Kuhn and she called it By Searching. Uh, she was a Canadian and a candidate to go to China. And her mentor warned her that she would face strong family opposition, and she did. And over the years, I've remembered this fact. And I've met many disciples who had the same experience, including myself. Perhaps you have too. God knows what we can expect. And Jesus begins this message with the, with the warning to put him first in all our relationships and our big life decisions. Dear ones, there is a huge cost here to follow Jesus when loved ones stand in the way. Nevertheless, this is exactly what Jesus means here. Put me first, he says, otherwise you cannot be my disciple. Going to pause for a minute. Minute while we have a, a beautiful song from Steve Green called The Mission. Here's Steve.
who face unpopularity and even ridicule because they follow Jesus, because of their Christian testimony, because they, they go against the crowd. They're politically incorrect. They won't do the things that most people expect them to do because they're doing that for Jesus. They are willingly carrying a cross. But of course, Jesus promises us that there is a great reward for such lives of faith. So Jesus says here, Dear ones, to follow me is to take up your cross of voluntary suffering, if need be, for my sake. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. We'll pause again. And I have a lovely song from Matt Beckingham. It is called, Lord, I Come to You. Here's Matt Beckingham. to your 
rise up like the eagle, and I will soar with you. Your spirit leads me on in the path you love. This is 4CRM Mackay, 107.5 FM. I'm Jeff Grant, and I'm sharing with you a message I've called Conditions for Christian Discipleship. We've looked at the first two, an unrivaled love, where our love for God, our love for Jesus is far above our love for our parents or children or wife, uh, to the point at which it looks like we're hating them. And secondly, it's an unceasing bearing of one's cross. And the third condition he writes here, is an unreserved surrender. Verse 33 says, I'll read it again, In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Now our first condition was about our heart's affliction, affections. Who should we love most? The second concerns our conduct and our choices. Now this third one is about personal possessions. I have to say, for some people, this is the most difficult one of all. Because possessions, those physical things we attach ourselves to, uh, mean a great deal to most people today. We are living in a really covetous and materialistic society. I'm sure you'll agree with that. And, and what was Jesus asking? Does he ask us to give away everything we own? Well, I knew a man who did that. He was a dear fellow. And uh, I remember he'd been in the army and then he became a Christian. He was working for a real estate uh, place in the city of Sydney. And when he became a Christian, he had property and he sold everything, gave it a lot away. But that's not what Jesus is asking. He's actually claiming the right of disposal of all our assets. I'll say that again. It's worth remembering. Jesus is claiming the right of disposal of all our assets and possessions. See, God has given us everything we have as trustees, not owners. And Jesus tested a young man once who came to him and said, what must I do to enter the kingdom of heaven to have eternal life? And Jesus said, well, when Jesus looked at him, he realized this man was very rich and was holding on to all his money. And he said, give it all away, give it to the poor and come and follow me and you'll have treasure in heaven. He couldn't do it because he, he was holding on so tightly to the things that he relied upon, his wealth. Now, this is all about a closed or an open hand. How do you hold on to your possessions? Now, a disciple holds all that he or she has in an open hand because grasping our possessions will utterly disqualify us from following Christ. I remember a young, another young man who began as a follower of Jesus. I met him with a group of people who were, we were sharing our faith and he joined us and uh, he was going along quite happily for a while until one, uh, I think it was a Friday, we said, look, tomorrow, Saturday, we're having a big uh, conference and we're going to be teaching a lot about, from the scriptures, about following Jesus. And we want you to come. And he said, oh, no. He said, not on the weekend. I, I, I love my bike. I go bike riding on his motorbike every weekend. Oh, I can't give that up for anything. He couldn't follow Jesus because he was holding on to his bike with a closed hand. Now I want to say also this naturally includes our money, our bank balance, not just not just our possessions, but our bank balance. How, how we spend our money indicates where our values are. Some people uh, think that they're entitled to hold on to most of their money and just give uh, you know, a, a trifle, a, a token amount uh, to God and His work. Whereas we really should be asking God, how much can we keep of everything that belongs to you? That's all I'm going to say about money. <laughs> Beloved, our obedience is evidence of the reality of our repentance and our faith. Obedience, I've got to say, does not achieve our salvation. But it's the evidence of it. Saving faith is much more than a belief in God. The Apostle James, he wrote that even the devils believe and tremble. Saving faith, according to Jesus Christ, is a willingness to both trust in Him as our Saviour and follow Him as Lord for a lifetime. 
And you know, we accept Christ only on His terms. And Jesus never asked of us anything that He Himself was not already offered. He showed love for the Father above all these human relations. That was the first point He made here. He embraced the agonizing cross in obedience to the Father and to secure your salvation and mine. And when he died, he literally left nothing material behind, virtually the clothes on his back, and even that was soul. And Jesus ends this passage in Luke 14, 25 to 33, by saying, unless in the same way as the, the king and the builder who counted the cost, counted the cost of the cross, you cannot be my disciples. I should point out that in the New Testament, this is really important, the word believer is mentioned just twice. And the word Christian is found in only three places. But the word disciple is used 269 times. And that's because the New Testament writers and the early believers who were reading it understood that to follow Jesus Christ was a sacrifice and required a stance of learning and obedience. So dear ones, the question for us today is, do I call myself a believer, and that's all I am, and I just believe? Or I'm a Christian because I have a faith that the Bible talks about? Or am I a disciple, a learner, and someone who's literally following Jesus Christ? I'm going to play for you now a couple of songs, first by Robin Mark, all to Jesus, and then secondly from Matt Redmond, The Heart of Worship. God bless you as you listen to these songs of praise and worship.
You're listening to Radio Church on 107.5 for CRM FM. When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come. Longing just to bring something that's of worth, that will bless your heart. not what you have required. You search much deeper within, through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay 107.5 
FM. And this ends our Radio Church broadcast today. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Saviour, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. God bless you and I look forward to seeing you again. We close now with a final song of praise and inspiration from Don Muin. God will make a way. Here's Don Muin. <laughs>